If you've got your Bibles, open with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Dang. <clears throat> We've got to kind of keep walking in that whole idea of what worthy of the claw, only no pun intended. We're going to keep going on that, on that idea of uh, from Ephesians to walk worthy of the calling. And um, I've titled the message tonight, Created to Win. When God tells us to walk worthy of the calling, He's not expecting failure. He's not looking and, and thinking that we're going to fail. That He has equipped and empowered us with everything we need to succeed. Yes? Why don't you tell like three people to change the atmosphere a little bit that you got everything you need to be successful. Tell them that. you got everything. I don't care where you are. Doesn't matter where you are. You got everything you need. You were created to win. It's true. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. I'm reading this from the New Living Translation. It says, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. Walk worthy of the calling. Be diligent. <laughs> Be diligent. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for the eternal prize. So Paul says, I run with purpose in every step. So important that we understand what Paul is saying here. He said, I run with purpose with every step. And that's really the calling that God has kind of called us to and what we talked about on staff retreat is that there's this call to one with purpose in every step. He says, I'm not just shadow boxing. I don't do this right here on, at church, as JP said just a minute ago, just to do it at church. I do it. I'm not shadow boxing here. We're doing it so that when you get in your kitchen, you can actually begin to bring heaven down into that environment, into that situation. So we're not shadow boxing. He says, I discipline my body like an athlete. Now listen, I look this word up in the Greek. You're not going to like it. It means to beat black and blue. Like you're in a boxing ring, like you're, you know, you're, you're taking a beating. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I might be disqualified myself. There's this, there's this seriousness to approach that, that step by step, moment by moment, thing by thing, I've got to walk worthy of the calling. Hebrews chapter 12, you got your Bible split with me there. One of Vulo's favorite. <laughs> you want me to go to that?
Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Everybody say, in the name of Jesus, get out of here, RF. You want me to turn this thing off? Is You got it? This right here? This is family, right? Okay. Let's start over with 12. Everybody focused? Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, lay us lay aside every weight, every weight, everything that's burdened, everything that's burdening you down, and, and, this, and the sin, the way of thinking or the way of doing that's contrary to the way God says do it, which so easily ensnares us. Now, that's another thing I want you to see. It's not like, you know, we talked Sunday a little bit about the staff. It's not like the staff doesn't have to deal with all this. We are easily ensnared. And we have to continue to step by step. If Paul had to do it, we've got to do it. If we've got to do it, you've got to do it. This is, this is the walk of a believer. And so he says, let me go back. He says, so uh, we're going to put every weight and every sin aside that so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us with diligence, that same word for diligence is endurance, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before us endured the cross, despising the shame, he sat down at the right hand of the Father. And so there's this picture of this diligence, this endurance to walk worthy of the calling. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, it says, Examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? unless you indeed are disqualified. And so there is a behavior that comes with a believer. A believer is not just this acknowledgement of God. There is a, a behavior pattern that is expected by God for believers to walk in, and that would be something that represents Jesus. We've been talking about this a lot. Here, here's the thing, the seriousness of the matter for the staff, I think, and, and the place where we, we really are and why we fasted all day today. I hope you joined us. We're going to, again, if you hadn't heard, if you weren't here, we're fasting every Wednesday, every week, every Wednesday, every week. And we're, you know, we're fasting food and just doing water uh, throughout the, the, the day. And, um, and when you fast, you also pray. You fast and pray. And the reason we're doing that is, is, is that we've really got to become a place that knows how to pray and pray down heaven. So we're going to really change the atmosphere and press in a little bit harder in that today because, because this place can only be what you described, Christine, if we're people who understand that it is God who does all the movement and not anything that we do. All we do is position ourselves in a place where God can actually do something. And Jesus' number one thing was say that we should be a house of prayer. And we're, we're going to become that. It's not going to be empty words. And it's not going to be churchy. And neither is this walk with God that we're walking in. And so when we get to judgment, we've got to understand. Brandon, Brandon talked about this at one point. Uh, 
the, the judgment. There's three judgments. There's the judgment of believers. And the judgment of believers is, is a judgment that says how well you did in this world, in this time frame. You've got, remember, you've got a, a set of time out of eternity that is cut, it's got a beginning and an end. How well you did in that time frame, responding to life as you live it, the way that God would. You really need to get this. I have people that leave here from sermons, and they respond exactly the way I preach not to respond in the sermon in five minutes since they get in the parking lot. I've heard it. I've, I've had it actually spoken to me, and we're not going to do that. This this group is not going to do that. This is, this is, you guys are serious, stupid serious, crazy serious. Amen? And so... The judgment is how well you do things the way God would have done them. That's the judgment. And what we do is we, we make excuses all kinds of ways of why we don't respond the way we should. In a, and, and most of it, oh, we're just human. But you're going to be judged on how well you responded. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit more detail, but you got to do what Paul did and step by step be thinking about what you're saying and doing. How you're responding to what gets thrown at you at this wor- in this world. And what gets thrown in- at you in this world is not heavenly. You bring kingdom to whatever you're going through. Right? And so you get judged on how well you do that. And, and then you get rewarded for those things you did well. And the things you didn't do well, they go away. They're not even considered. Your sin, not even seen. Somebody say hallelujah. Your sin's not even seen. It's how you respond kingdom-wise to everyday life and how people see that in you. And so when we live life through the eyes of eternity, it's a game changer when we start thinking about that we are expected to bring kingdom to this earth as it is in heaven. It's a game changer. When we start thinking about when we come to the Lord's table, that we are to eat from who he is And then because we've eaten so much of that, then what comes out of us, what we regurgitate, for lack of a better term, is what we ate of him. And so so we become like him. He expects us to. He invites us to the table. He makes provision for us. And it's the only way that you can succeed or win in this life. The only way that you can win is to respond like Jesus, right? That's easier said, but why do we keep making excuses? Let me just write some thought processes down. When we're living this life with a set of standards that's established by the environment we're in, we might have a problem with responding kingdom. When we set our value system based on the value system at work, The value system in the United States of America in 2018, 
How many of you know that that has absolutely nothing to do with the value system in which you're going to be judged? And so, and so how we get messed up is we start setting standards based on the environment that we're living in. And then, or in addition to, we begin to live life through our own view of God, our own warped view, our own incomplete view of who God is. Or, and, or we live life through our brokenness. I was talking to like 10 people this week about if you look at a situation through your brokenness, there's no way that you can have sobriety in your analyzation of that situation. When you look at a situation from a broken place, you're going to see that brokenly. You can't get sober judgment. You've got to be able to, to, to look at that place from a place that emulates the characteristics of God. In other words, a place of forgiveness, an absence of bitterness, a place of mercy, a place of recognizing that the grace of God is sufficient for whatever you're facing. You've got to look at it from a place of kingdom before you can even soberly look at it. Or otherwise, you're going to look at the situation from your own environment and you're going to respond that way and it's not going to look like kingdom. I know that's deep, but does that make sense? And so we've got to quit that. You've got to stop. And that's what Paul says. Run the race to win. How do you win? You respond like Jesus. Well, how, you know, that's just so hard. Yes. You can't do it. The only way you can do it is sit at the table. Come into his presence. Eat from the table of God. Know him. You were created to win. God's will for your life, no matter what you're going through, is to win. And God has provided a way for us to win. And that is His Word. So no matter, listen, this is so important. No matter what your point of view is, no matter what your environment is, no matter what your circumstances you're going through and you find yourself in, and, and, and your view on that and how you're responding to that, no matter what that looks like, there's one truth, and that is this. You've been provided a way to win, to win by the Word of God. The Word of God gives you the way to win. And so if you don't know the Word of God, you don't have the ability for the Holy Spirit to pull from the Word of God to give you the solution to actually answer the kingdom problem that you're facing, that you need to bring something to. You don't have the ability to even do that if you don't know the Word. And here's the truth. No matter what your environment, no matter what your point of view, no matter what your attitude is, there's one thing that's going to bring judgment. You're going to be judged by the Word of God. It's the Word of God that's going to judge you. And it doesn't matter whether you know it. 
It doesn't matter whether you agree with it. It doesn't matter whether you learned it right or wrong. I, I should say wrong. It does matter if you learned it right. It doesn't matter if you learned it wrong. You're still going to be judged by the righteous Word of God and how you responded, how you brought kingdom because you were obedient to the Word of God. Jesus is the Word. He became flesh. And he dwelt among us. And the Spirit of God's whole job living in you is to reveal the truth about the Word of God so that you can do the Word of God so that you can be rewarded for doing the Word of God. Everybody still with me? You're tracking with me, right? And so our, our job is to make sure that we realize we were created to win and God has provided us a way to win, and that is His Word. And it, and it just doesn't matter what our excuse is. The Word of God is still going to judge us at the great judgment of the church. Judgment begins at the house of God. Listen to these scriptures. Matthew chapter 12, verse 36 says this. This is New King James. But I say to you that every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. Every word you speak that disagrees with the attitude and the ways of God will be held against you at judgment. In other words, you could get rewarded for responding like God or you can get condemned for not responding like God. And your condemnation would be an absence of a reward that was available to you. You tracking with me? Are we serious yet? John chapter 8 verse 47. Anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God. But you don't listen because you don't belong to God. A good idea of whether you really belong to God or not is how attentive you are to becoming what the Word of God says. You know, one of the biggest things that I think that we brought back from the staff retreat was there was a tenderness and, 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 and a vulnerability towards one another that we had. I mean, we've always been vulnerable. Wouldn't you agree at staff? We've always been vulnerable. This year went to a whole nother level, wasn't it? Because God wanted to do a deeper work. It's not like you ever arrive. It's that when you get fixed, he just fixes you a little deeper. He just digs a little deeper, digs up that hard ground, and begins to show you ways and things and attitudes and positions and, 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 and ways of thinking that are contrary to what he established because he wants you to win. God is standing there in heaven, I believe, looking at all of us, wanting to give all of us the prize. He doesn't want to withhold the prize from anyone. Matter of fact, it grieves him when we don't receive from him everything that he has for us. It says about God that he is a jealous God for those things that are keeping you from becoming everything he intended. 
or reaping the rewards that he wants you to reap because of your responses. He's jealous of that thing that you could have had him instead of it. Yes? Paul says, every step, every word that comes out of my mouth, I'm diligent. If this is for me, the Lord is shouting, shouting. Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10. This is from the New Living Translation. The human heart is most deceitful of all things, and it's desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? The answer, the Lord does. Because he searches all hearts and he he examines secret motives and he gives all people their due rewards according to their actions, whatever their actions deserve. In other words, he knows the motive of your heart even when you do good stuff. And if you have an improper motive in your heart while you're doing good stuff, all these good things for God so that you can be noticed or so that you'll get popularity or so that you can, you know, maybe they'll vote you deacon in the church or, you know, what, you know I, maybe I can, you know, whatever. If, if you've got an improper motive, it doesn't count. It, it's not there. When your reward comes, it's not there. But I did all these good things. Listen, I cast out demons. I healed the sick. I raised the dead in your name. He said, get away from me. I never knew you. I led all these people to God. I'm glad you did, but I didn't know you. It's imperative. It says that one of the first verses we read in, in, he, uh, in, in 2 Corinthians was, Examine yourself. Examine yourself. Not with condemnation, with sobriety compared to the Word of God without giving yourself excuses of why not to respond like the Word of God. You know, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about all the emotions we have that keep us from thinking. You know, some of us get angry. And anger is an emotion that God created you to have so that you could actually, you know, overcome some things. But he says, don't let your anger cause you to sin. And so anger can be good, it can be bad, it can't, you know. What, and so we can't use our emotional condition, is what I'm saying to you here, as a reason not to respond like God says respond. It doesn't matter whether it's aggressively angry or we're incredibly depressed or anxious or having pity parties. The requirement is still the Word of God. It never goes away with every response. Everything you do that you bring kingdom gets a reward. Everything. So we ought to be thinking about, how can I do more righteousness? How can I do more things for God? Not so that I can have this impure motive to do anything. I want to respond like God. I want to get better at that. I can get better at that. I was created to win. 
So knowing that I was created to win, knowing that I was provided a way to win, and knowing that we will be judged by his word, we have to understand that we have to win in word and in deed. What comes out of your mouth has to be a win. Now, you ready for this? You ready for this? I suck at that. I'm just not any good. And I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an idiot. I'm, you name it. Is that God's point of view about you? When you speak that, is that a win? No way it can be a win. How about when you speak that about someone else? It's not a win. How about when you speak that against your enemy? What's God say? What's God's point of view? Love your, love your, as your, I'm stepping on all kind of toes, aren't I? This is the word of God. This is the truth of the word of God. This is what Paul is saying about, you know, having sobriety of watching your step, watching your words and deeds, because it's your words and deeds that are going to be judged. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. I'm going to have to turn with you. Where's the tease? At the back. <laughs> Not that far back. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. If anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. So what's the rules? How are you competing? You're competing by accomplishing the word of God to win. Let's go to 4, 8, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. James chapter 1, verse 12. Where'd you go, James? Somebody's happy. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Turn to Galatians chapter 5. I just can't, I can't bypass it. This was the whole, this was what I was supposed to preach on. I thought, 
that we're not even going to get to get to this week. We'll probably get to it next week. He says this. He says, walk in the Spirit. By the way, when we sing that song, I'm going to catch the wind. It sounds like a goofy song unless you understand that in Scripture, there's no such thing as Holy Spirit. The way it's written in the Hebrew and in the Greek is spirit wind. Even in Genesis chapter 1, it's spirit wind. So when you're thinking about catching the wind, we're singing that song. It said, I'm going to be led by the Spirit. I'm going to follow the Spirit. And so it says here in Galatians, I say to you, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So what's the focus? What's the concentration? Is be diligent, watching every step that you walk in the Spirit. and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary to each other. I really wanted to get to this part. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, or forbearance, which is written in in Ephesians chapter 4 that we talked about Sunday. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, Self-control actually means to master your desires in the Greek. Master your desires. These are the fruit of walking in the Spirit. Now, this is what I want you to understand. What we do as believers and the way that the culture of the church, the environment that the church in America is in in 2018 as if this is some type of goal that we've got set out there, and maybe, 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 5% of the time, we could actually accomplish one of those fruit. And actually, we could move in the Spirit, maybe 5%, 10% of the time. But that's not what the Bible's teaching us. The Bible is teaching us that the Spirit of God is available. You've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You've been empowered to respond righteously, and you can't. This could be the nature in which your friends and wives and husbands and children describe you as. And me. And this is God's expectation. Because when you walk... In love, which is agape. It can only be walked in as you walk with God. Then you get a reward. When you have the joy of the Lord, that's your strength, and you walk in that, you're going to get a reward. When you walk in peace and long-suffering and kindness, God is looking to not only reward you while you're here, but He rewards you when you're there. You're going to have a job in heaven. You're not going to eat grapes. Peeled grapes. We get get warped stuff. It's just not true. There's an eternal life that you've already begun. You were born into eternal life. You will never die. You're going to live eternally. 
You're going to be given an assignment by God. You're going to be rewarded for how well you did the Word while you were here in this cut-out time of eternity. And your focus needs to be not on how well you could make money. Your focus needs to be on how well you can emulate Christ. Your work is unto the Lord in everything you do. And then He will reward you from there. Romans chapter 15. Turn to Romans 15. Chapter 15, verse 14. Paul's writing. He says, I'm, I'm confident concerning you, my brother, that you're full of goodness, <laughs> filled with knowledge, and you're able to help each other. You're able to admonish one another. I'm confident that you're good, full of it. When you say to somebody they're full of it, you can say it with the idea that they're full of goodness, <laughs> right? Paul said it in Romans chapter 15. And so there's a goodness. Now listen. There is a pursuit of God in a lifestyle of fasting and prayer that must come to be successful. It's impossible. Now the question is, when it comes out of your mouth, what are you going to do? When you have an emotion that you know is contrary to the ways of God, what are you going to do? When you talk about somebody that you don't like and has mistreated you and it doesn't sound like God, what are you going to do? When you know that you're doing something for the wrong reason, what are you going to do? You know, there's this place are you going to condemn yourself? Are you going to think bad of yourself? Are you just going to do something in a different way? Are you just going to start doing it in a way of righteousness, in a way that is right, that agrees with the Word and the way of God, so that you can be rewarded? You know, if we think, and I hate to think, of all the rewards I've missed in 57 years, all the opportunities. My sin's never going to be counted against me. It's gone. It's over. The love that was poured out at the cross, it's done. But how well I respond to what God has assigned me, how well I steward this time brings the reward. You were created and designed for a purpose. And that's to emulate Christ. And we're all alike. We're all alike in that. And then you get to work as unto the Lord. Yes? How you respond. You think you're going to get work, uh, rewarded by how well you worked? 
when it emulates kingdom. Yes. But mostly, it's your relationships at work. Mostly, it's what's in your heart. Mostly, it's what you say. And then how you respond. Now, here's the deal. In this year, in this year, we, there's addictions are out the window. You know, there's like a zero tolerance for addiction. Anxiety, stress. There's something amiss. And I know there's chemical things that happen in the brain that God can heal, and we're going to be praying for that and get off all kind of stuff. We've got a psychologist in the back right here. If you have any problems, don't go see her. You can go see her. I'm just saying I don't want to push everybody in the church because you all are messed up. She'd have a line out the door. But she, you know, she knows those things, but she also knows that there's a very evil presence that wants you to be angst and stressed and suicidal and drunk and all those things that come with all that stuff. That's tough. We got to get that out of here. Not only do we got to get it out of here, we got to get it out of the families that are in here. Yes? How do you do that? First of all, you got to do it yourself. And this is what we told the staff. The first thing we got to do is do what I'm talking about. And then, and then, after we've modeled it, after we've gotten healed, we can impart that on those who need it. We can encourage and comfort those that are in the same condition that we've already been freed from. And then we can heal the sick and cast out demons and everything else that comes with fasting and praying. But this year, this year, what we decided at staff was it wasn't going to be because we're not fasting and praying that we don't see healings on the incredible rise. The people are healed and set free. Yes? My son, I'm going to end with this. He's sitting right here. He loves it when I do this. I heard from somebody, and I won't reveal the source, but he said, you know, I'm a lot like my daddy, and I, I'm a lot like my mama. I think I got the tender side of my mama, but sometimes I'm a lot like my daddy, and I can hear him saying this. He says, but sometimes my daddy says stuff I'd never say. And it's funny, isn't it? No, it's really not funny because it's true. It's true. There are things that come out of my mouth that never should. And at least I have a son or a mother, my son has a mother, who emulates that correctly, correctly. Yes? And so if you don't recognize the voice of the Lord, which came from somebody else, which came from my son, to help bring correction to me, then you can't, you can't move forward. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, I'm not saying that so you can look at me and go, boy, I'm glad somebody corrected him. <laughs> you in the same shoe. You, got, you might have a different issue, but you got the same junk that you need to get before God and get, and get squared away. Not in any guilt, 
but just in a mode where I'm watching every step I take so that I can make sure that every word and deed that I do gets a reward. Yes? Try to do that without being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yeah. God's going to do great stuff. He's already started. It's amazing what the Lord's going to do this year. You ready? So the way we get ready, join us fasting every Wednesday fasting food. Now you guys that are working a very physical job, I know that you're out there. Find somewhat. Maybe another day. I know we're doing it Wednesday. You don't have to do it Wednesday. Just live a lifestyle of fasting and prayer. Do it Saturday. Do it Sunday. Do it the day your day out. Whatever it might be. You can join us however however you can. We appreciate it. Because we believe God's gonna do something really, really, really big. Amen. Why don't we stay